For as long as I'd known, resistance and embrace had been like puddles in the cobbles. Disparate, kept separate by the very foundations of the city. Over there, a union of factory workers fighting for pay and safety. Here, a group trying to raise their voices above Parsons-type dogma. For us Ginnells, so much of our work had been trying to score trenches between those waters, to turn puddle into pool into flood. The attack on Atrium was a storm we weren't expecting. Those puddles overflowed and mingled freely. At the moment we were caught laying low and leaderless, the flood had come. And as we deliberated and tried to work out what to do, others made their stands. People across the city rose up. Some were fated better than others. The stevedores and fishers working the city's ruined arbor walls went on strike. It didn't matter that their union leaders were in hiding, it was time. They were already angry at the shitty pay and imprelicent and having to work those dangerous crumbling buildings left unrepaired since the first earthquake. Then, Lena were arrested and the dock workers who'd been her first flock rebelled. A bunch of them seized the Lorden, a cargo ship they knew were exporting food out of the city. Luxury is apparently too valuable to go to the aid efforts. For over a week, they held on to it. The Lorden became a symbol of defiance anchored 100 metres from Embrace's shores. You could see it right from the council building. The sailors made sure of that. Every day, those strikers would write up new demands and ultimatums, and the new sheets were all too happy to print them. They knew that they had the city's attention and those brave comrades would push and push and double down. Better pay, the release of Lena Fisher. Food distributed to every family hit by the earthquake. The arrest of the treasonous heads and Nim Prillison. The family didn't like that. On the eighth day, they sent their fleet. The Viles were the other major one. They went on strike against the extortion in Nimcolad and brought their whole street with them. Perhaps they were cannier than those sailors. Perhaps they just turned the right branch. But their action lasted. Over time, it would grow into something bigger. The jubilant, of course, would have their hand in that too. I didn't know at the time, but a bunch of them had got tangled up in that action. They were about to bar the vials some security. They were only going to go and blackmail one of the city's ministers. Hi everyone, Adam here. I'm just recording a short message to share some exciting news. We've just launched a huge update to Rhine, which is the game we play in the first season of these flimsy rituals, Tiding. There are two big parts to this update. Firstly, we have a new play kit available. Basically, the play kit is designed to give you an introduction to Rhine, both the world and playing the game. It's 30 pages of world building and rules and role books designed to let you play a game of Rhine for a session or two. The play kit contains a short framework for an adventure. You'll tell the story of a group of people traveling across a shifting landscape to try and find their area's missing remnant 
and hopefully heal them. There are four rollbooks featured in the play kit. There is the Binder, who is a creator of spirit artifacts. The Guardian, who is a fighter with a charge to defend. The Guide, who knows this area better than anyone else. And lastly, the Fledgling, who is a teenager trying to find their place in the world. It's all written to give you an easy introduction to the rules and the world. One of the things I wanted is for a group to be able to come together without really having read the rules and read everything out loud, taking it in turns and learning how to play Rhine as part of the session where you create characters. So if you've got friends who haven't listened to the show, it's quick and easy to pick up and begin telling your own stories in the world. You can get the playtest for free at edtd.itch.io forward slash Rhine. That is A-D-T-I-D-I dot itch dot I-O, and Rhine is spelt R-Y-N-E. I will also put all of these links in the description as well, so you don't necessarily have to remember them. Secondly, we've also launched the public playtest of Rhine. We're hoping to release Rhine as a complete game in 2021, and we're looking for people to help us test it. We'll give you access to the full in-development rules of Rhine, and we'll send you updates as we change things and create new rollbooks. Just this past week, I've been putting together new versions of the Spirit, Heart, and Homesteader rollbooks. The Spirit can do things with making distractions and dancing lights out of their own spirit. The Homesteader is all about living off the land and creating their own home despite the weirdness of the world. If you're interested in the playtest, all you have to do is sign up through our playtest mailing list, which is at bit.ly forward slash test. That is B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash test. You'll get all of the links to the playtest documents in a confirmation email, and all we ask in return is that you just let us know how your games go. Share some of your stories from your world. Tell us what rules work for you, what doesn't. Make requests if there's something that you feel is missing from the game. We've been working on Rhine in the background since we wrapped up Tiding, and we're really happy to share this version of the game. We've put a lot of work into it and made a lot of changes and updates, really examining some of the systems that were in place when we first played it on the podcast. And honestly, I can't wait to hear what you think of the game as it stands. Thank you. So we get in to a highly guarded, heavily guarded um, estate and break into a secure vault that only the head of security and the head of the house have a key for and get out without them noticing. Oh, and also there's a a mercenary army also. Um, Cool, sounds fun. Yep, that sounds right. So do you have a plan? Well, I think regardless of what a good plan is, uh, Nia and the Likelihood lads are having a great time planning some kind of fairy costume entrance. (laughs) And I don't see a way to stop some. Do Ash and Ivar go along with that? Um, I'm not not really sure I can pull off the, the, the fancy look very well. Um... I guess if I don't talk, I uh, I don't know if you've noticed, Nia, but 
my clothes a part of me. <laughs> I just figured you never changed. Can you change clothes? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if A, Ivar's never tried, or B, if it's possible for him yet. Yeah, it feels like it's maybe part of Ivar's manifestation. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I think uh, Brandy's like, oh, I just thought Ivar had no fashion sense. God, that sounds like the worst. <laughs> I guess you could pretend to be my bodyguard, though. And there's, like, a very big, cheeky wink. Look, I could tell you this was 100% in fashion 20 years ago, right? <laughs> Is that how long you've been dead? <laughs> I think we'll leave that a mystery. Cool. Okay, so that sounds like we're ready to maybe think about making an engagement roll. So... This sounds like a social engagement role. Just to remind you, the six different kinds are assault, deception, stealth, occult, social, or transport. And social is negotiate, bargain, or persuade. Could also be deception, actually, which is lure, trick, or manipulate. It just depends whether it's, you know, say, Nia using Sir Contact to get an invite to a party, or whether it's you're just going to try bluff your way in. I mean, an invite would be good. An invite would be good, because this is kind of Nia's comfort zone of going to fancy parties as themselves and being fancy. Okay. And what is the social connection that you're drawing on here? Is it Venel, who is the person you're writing to, who works here? Is it your parents? Is it someone else? I think it's probably Venel, under the guise of, like, Nia's extremely bored right now and would love to, to see them. And so what better way than at one of the fancy parties where we can eat all of the small foods or large foods. And maybe there is a little bit of a... I imagine amongst you and your university friends, because I think that's who we, we established Venel as being one of your university friends... You're not quite doing that thing where you gate crash parties for free food, but you're not necessarily interested in the topic of the party. It's just like, oh, we get to go here and have some fun that is adjacent to whatever else is going on. And that's probably quite an accepted thing for, you know, young upper middle class people to do in this city. Well, I imagine there's also a bit of among Nia's friends, there is not quite a one-upmanship but definitely a expected showing off of your work. So Nia writing to say, oh, I would really love to see the work you've done to the estate. Why don't you grab us an invite for one of the parties happening soon? I'm quite bored. Then that makes sense. And also, I think this makes a nice social connection in some ways, because then you've got this person guiding you round. Did we have pronouns for Venel? I I can't remember. Let's just set some now then. I think that's going to help us. Should we, should we say they, them? Yeah, I think that's fine. Okay, so before we make the engagement roll, what load is everyone taking? Uh, I think I'm going to probably have to go light. Uh, if we're going in disguise, we, we want to look fairly trim and not looking like we're rigged up to go climbing or whatever. 
Yeah, and I guess the second question with this is, what is everyone wearing for a fancy formal event? Um, well, I know what Ivar's wearing. I think that Ivar spent ages trying to figure out if he could even change his clothes. I kind of have a feeling like if he can, it's like from memory. Okay, that's interesting. From stuff that he's worn in the past. So Ivar's going to be wearing an incredibly out-of-date suit. (laughs) I think it's going to be like a brown suit with like loads of ruffles coming down the chest. Yeah, I'm into it. I'm imagining like 70s in my head, like big collar with like ruffles coming down the middle. Amazing. Full on Prince style? Yeah, like that. Exactly oh, like that. But it's yes. the, the suit is brown and maybe it's got like white piping around like the lapels, but that's it. Is it like velvet? It might be velvet. <laughs> All I can imagine is like, what if the 70s met the Renaissance? Yeah, that. And it's a mix between like the ruffled shirt and a suit and also slashed sleeves and like either tight trousers or those trousers that kind of go out from the thighs. I love it. I love I it. Hate it. <laughs> oh, no. As Nia, I hate it. I mean, that's entirely fair, but I imagine um, <laughs> Ivar just turns up and goes, "Well, I uh, I, I wore this once at uh, at a do, but I had to return the suit, you know. But I remembered what it looked like." <laughs> I like the idea that this is what Ivar like rented when he first came to the city and was like looking for work, going for a job interview. It's, um, yeah, it's, uh, really classical. <laughs> well, I'm a, a classy fellow, you know? Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I said. Yeah. So the only clothes you can wear are the ones you wore before you died? I think so. Or it's the ones you, you know, I can remember. I don't even know if I remember wearing this, you know? Maybe I just saw it on a mannequin. I I I think it's it's lovely. Um, you, you uh you should you should definitely wear that. You'll you'll get a lot of uh, a lot of attention. Oh, thank you, boy. And what is uh the other two wearing? Uh, I think Ash has let Nia decide what he's wearing. I think Ash wants to look a bit more like a, a assistant or servant, somebody who'll be invisible. So nothing too fancy. Sure, sure. Uh, nothing too fancy. <laughs> By Nia's standard. <laughs> <laughs> well, for Nia, I'm thinking, kind of imagine a a doublet with power shoulders. I can imagine that, yeah, yeah. But super power shoulders, but in the kind of like bleached to all nothingness, white. Perfect. With kind of like that slashing, but with bits of lace where the slashes are and little bits of beading or embroidery and a fairly a fairly simple trouser. Trying, for this case, to be slightly more sensible. Yeah, and then, Ash, you're wearing like... Basically, footman's gear, kind of. I think like one of those um, taking the motif of the look... I imagine, you know, if we're seeing this on screen, the thing that we'd probably recognise in Ash's look is he probably looks a little bit like how we saw the Syndics in earlier episodes, where 
it's sort of a little bit like Rembrandt style fashion, but nicer because Nia's made it, and a little bit more radical because Nia's made it. Yeah, definitely. Um, can, can you can you just like loosen up around the the armpits and stuff? I can barely barely lift my arms. I don't know how I'm supposed to climb in this. And there's like there's there's, there's no pockets. It's not you're not supposed to be able to lift your arms. It'll look suspicious, but I'll, I'll pretend I'll... I can't. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna cut the armpits out. It'll be a fashion statement. Are you gonna make them like wrestling armpits where you like loosen all the seams so you can like dramatically rip them? <laughs> no, I think just like pull out the seam entirely so it kind of hangs weirdly okay so do you know how nia has toned down their outfit yes i think you meet branch and fleece about a block from where silicet lives and they have not toned themselves down at all i think fleece is this image of dorian electra that i found which is like a full-on blue suit which is like very finely brocaded with like images of leaves and has like white ruffles for the collars. And then for the neck has like a white ruff made out of feathers and has like blue gemstones all the way dotted around it. And the hair is like dyed a very light blue and curled. And I think they have a whole load of like eyeshadow on in like very bright colors. I will just copy you this image because it's fantastic. If it's the one I'm looking at, it's the first one that comes up if you Google Dorian Electra. So, yeah. I think Branch is also dressed extremely fancily. I think but I think the thing that is very funny here is Branch is wearing a cowboy hat like Ivar would normally wear. Outrageous. Amazing. And as they walk up to you, just kind of like doffs it and, and does like a smile and wink towards you. I, Ivar's eyes roll over the top of his head <laughs> to the bag. <laughs> I think they're both also uh, wear, like holding canes as well. <laughs> I think Brent is definitely wearing like a cowboy hat, but then I think the rest of their outfit is like very typical Renaissance slashed sleeves and like pants in almost like tie dye colours. <laughs> wow. Yes. Oh shit, I just realised I mean, the whole point of Ivar having a cowboy hat was it was easy to hide his eyes. Yep. Um where where eyes go? <laughs> I need somewhere to put my eyes. Just wearing some glasses. Yeah, can I have sunglasses? <clears throat> yeah. Like the ones that um Loveless has in Wild Wild West. Oh my god. Like those very round sort yeah, of... Yeah, like, re- yeah, round ones that are just, like, blacked out. Yeah, yeah. I can just tuck my eyes behind them. <laughs> I think uh, Branch and Fleece go either side of Nia and, like, present their elbows. As if to, like, <laughs> link arms with Nia. Beautiful. Shall we? Absolutely. I think this will be a lovely evening. Okay. Shall we make this engagement roll? <laughs> Uh, what load are you both taking, Nia and Ivar? So the options are light, medium, or heavy. Going, I'm going light. I feel this is definitely a, a light situation. Is it possible to wear weapons ironically? If anyone can do it, Nia can. As part of your outfit? Possibly, yeah. 
like like how you would wear a garish fencing sword or saber or something like that. Yeah, like this is absolutely the class of people in the city that do jewels in the streets. Yeah. There's definitely an element, an aspect to embrace, which is very, you know, Ro- Romeo and Juliet, especially from like the, the noble scions getting into jewels. I think the dueling weapons of choice are the spirit pistols and like a bismuth bracer. But I think people will also fight with swords and stuff as well. Like, basically, I'm wondering about co- going in heavy, but like not hiding it at all, if anything, adding jewels to it. <laughs> so heavy is like beyond that, I yeah, would say. Yeah, like you're wearing actual armor and like a backpack full of grappling hooks or something. Oh, okay. No, I don't need that. Yeah, but you could try it. You could try make it heavy. You might just face consequences for it. It's entirely up to you. Well, I mean, I'm entirely making this decision on aesthetics. Of course. Not on usefulness. <laughs> um, I just really like the the aesthetic of the the doublet and simple trousers and then a hell of a lot of weapons for no reason that are all completely encrusted in jewels. So whatever that counts as. At least we'll get a good chance to get up close and personal with the head of security. <laughs> Yeah. So it's up to you. If you go for normal, that will be like, most people will look at it and go like, oh, maybe that's part of Sarah's outfit. What I'll say is if you go for heavy, there's a high chance you'll get noticed or you probably will definitely get noticed. The question is how far into this place you'll get noticed. I guess I'll go with normal because I want it to be tasteful. Tasteful weaponry, not (laughs) unable to move. Uh, So you still have to be able to move gracefully. Okay, so let's move towards this engagement roll. So the way this works is you get a dice as normal, and then we go through the questions. So is this operation particularly bold or daring? If so, take plus on D. Is this operation overly complex or contingent on many factors? If so, take minus one D. I don't think it's complex, really. I don't think there's too many factors that you're not aware of. You like you found out about a ghost and stuff. Does the plan's detail expose the vulnerability of the target or hit them where they're weakest? If so, take plus one D. I think so. We've got an invite. So the set does a lot of parties, and I imagine that's something that annoys their second quite a bit. So you take plus one D for that, so you're on two. Is the target strongest against its approach? Do they have particular defenses or special preparations? No. Can any of your friends or contacts provide aid or insight for this operation? Yep. You've got quite a few people helping you out. And are any rivals or enemies interfering in the operation? Let me just just double check, but I don't think so. Are you saying Brent and Fleece aren't interfering, they're actually helping? I mean, like, they're not trying to disrupt it, right? I think, if anything, they want it to go well and to kind of rub it in Ivar's face. That's very true. Uh, I don't think any enemies or rivals are actively interfering. Cool. They might show up but I don't think they're interfering. Are there any other elements you might want to consider, such as a higher tier target giving you minus 1D? I think the ministers are higher tier. I think that is going to give you a minus dice. So I think you've got one to start with, plus one for it exposing a weakness, plus one for any friends or contacts helping, and then you're going to get a minus 1D for the ministers being a higher tier than you. So that's going to be two dice. Ziz, would you like to make this role as the person introducing this? Nia's in charge. Oh no. Oh yeah. 
I mean, it is your fault you made Ifa wear a suit. Oh, there we okay. go. Okay, I've rolled two dice, and one of them is a six. So you're going to be in a controlled position when this kicks off. So I think what this looks like is you walk up to the front gate of Silaset Nim Kalad's estate. I think the front gate is large and wrought iron, and is one of those gates where it's got like lots of swirls and decorations built into it. I think it's painted in some light blue and almost like terracotta red colours, and a tower on either side overlooks it. There are a couple of guards outside the front, and as you walk up to them, they begin to ask you who you are, what you're doing here, but then a figure appears from behind them and interrupts them, and that figure is Venel, and Venel looks at you and goes, you're bringing more people than I thought you were near, but that's okay, come on, come on in, come on in, and waves the guards aside. Pink Venel has pale skin and is fairly short. I think where Nia is wearing quite a bleached white outfit, Venel is wearing pure black. They have a long, tailored, brocaded jacket that I think as they walk swoops along the gravel that lines the courtyard of this estate. And yeah, they, they look at you and go, come on, come on, follow me, come, come on in. How are you, Nia? How, how are you doing? How is your family? I've not seen you in ages. It was such a delight to get your letter. Oh, I'm doing, I'm doing so well. Uh, my family are the same as ever. Very busy on the fashion almanac and being them and disapproving of everything that I do. Parents, that's what they're like. Yes, I know, I know, I know, I know. They just don't understand my fashion and my vision. It's so frustrating. But this is gorgeous. How long have you been working here? Oh, I think I've been on this project about 12 months now. Maybe a little bit longer uh, since the festival of First Light last year. <sighs> it has been the job of a lifetime. You know that there are annoyances and things that I don't like and, you know, Silicet is a little bit picky, but to work on this building and they wave across the estate and I think you get the chance to take in both what's outside, which on sort of like the left-hand side in front of you is this sweeping expanse of tiered ponds that sort of flow down into each other. And I think it's designed so that the water trickles in exactly the right way, it's the right loudness. I think there are some creatures, some large, almost somewhere between like a frog and a newt. They are hanging around outside them. I think there's maybe someone walking them on a leash. They are called uh, Lissidae, and I think they're quite common around Embrace. And then in front of you, where Venel's hand settles, is the main house of this estate. And it's this sort of rambunctious collection of different shapes and buildings and offshoots and balconies and it's as if someone took the core building the core like box of the building and then just kept adding to it and i think there's maybe a new extension on the front of it that is currently under construction very clearly and then i was like and and this is what i'm working on now it's going to be an extension to the front of the house 
giving the sense of the outside and the sounds of the running water whilst also being inside a sheltered interior pagoda. This is stunning. You have to show me everything. I feel like as you two are walking in the lead, Branch and Fleece have kind of dropped back next to Ivar and Ash and are basically just subtly or not so subtly just mocking Venel and you behind your backs, like in a friendly, good-natured way, but like, especially Venel, I think they just kind of are copying the way that Venel is moving and speaking. Ash is definitely trying to stifle a giggle. How is Ivar reacting? I mean, this is incredibly fish-out-of-water time for Ivar. (laughs) I think he's like kind of uptight because he doesn't really know what to do and is just sort of following behind like he's only got little pockets in sort of the top of his jacket like above uh, maybe like just above the belly button line so he's got his like hands tucked in them and he looks really strange because he's just trying not to touch anything he shouldn't and just (laughs) following behind I think Branch starts to copy and mimic how Ivar is stood I think one eye sort of raises up above the glasses and Ivar takes his hands out of his pocket in a strop. Branch laughs and Venel sweeps their head round to look at them and Branch just shrugs. And I think you're led inside. I think the one thing actually that I will give Ivar, because I think Ivar is definitely someone that will pick up on this, is that all of the main paths and spaces in the courtyard of this building are graveled. And the thing you noticed is that as people move around this space, it's incredibly loud. You probably swing, sweep your eye around just to give a look, and you notice like the people in the guard towers are paying attention to the sounds that people's footsteps make. And are there lots of people outside, or is it just mainly people entering and leaving? Um... I think there are a few people at a minute because it is an event. And also because I think it's early enough in the evening for some of the normal normal procedures of the people that live and work here are still going on. So there are a few guards at the gates. There are a couple of people lingering outside the other building. Not the main house, there's the building which is where the minister's troops are. I think there are maybe a couple of tough-looking people just hanging outside there, maybe smoking some kind of cigarette. And as I described, there are a couple of people walking around with these lissidae on leashes, kind of in the same way that you'd walk a dog. They look like animal trainers and they're giving them their daily exercise. I'm extremely interested in these. I would like to meet one, please. Yeah, and I feel like they're the sort of thing that like Ash would have met lots of times in his life, but yes. I imagine these ones are particularly fancy, though. Have they got, have oh, they yeah. got rough collars on? Like... Full on decorated. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. You know, the, the trainers know that tonight is going to be an event, so they've put on the special fancy collars and they're only showing the best specimens. Awesome. But yeah. You five are led inside by Venel. I think the thing you notice is that this place, or at least the main entrance and main floor that you enter in, is built for entertaining. I think I described the rough layout of what the building is earlier, and essentially the bottom floor is servants' quarters and kitchens. The second floor, which is what you're entering, there's like large steps leading up to it, is 
for entertaining, and the floor above this is two. And then the top floor is offices and private residences of Silaset, and I guess it'd be her family, but I'm not sure she has any, so like, her favoured offices. You are brought into this large entrance hall, and I think it's that very typical style of entrance hall with double sweeping stairs in the centre. I think the interior of this building is obviously very grand, but it's grand in a way that isn't common in the city. There's lots of mismatched colours and styles. There are columns along the sides of the wall in different colours, like some will be red, some will be blue. Red and blue are kind of the main colours in here. And I think this lobby, this entrance hall, has a lot of different styles of seating dotted about it. So I think Silicet is still in a meeting. I think you're still a little bit early for the main event, but I could show you around if you all want. Do you, would you like the tour? Yeah, definitely. Yes. Also, does, does the tour go anywhere near a kitchen? I, I, uh, I kind of skip breakfast. And lunch and dinner. Wow. Yeah. It, it's like 8pm. <laughs> it's, it's been a busy day. I, I think there are definitely people wandering around in this hall, like, serving people. In that case, uh, Ash just sort of breaks off from the group, like, goes and start, starts kind of taking, like, like half of the plate of uh, hors d'oeuvres off, off one of the servers kind of thing. <laughs> just kind of shoving a couple of them into his pockets. Mm, these are really, really good. Why are, they so, why are they so small, though? Well, you're supposed to just get a taste of it, don't you? I don't want any more than that. That seems like a kind of pointless way to eat, but I suppose there's quite a lot. Oh, are those are those fish? Oh, I'm I'm, I'm going to go try the try the fish. I think Ivar leans over to Nia and says, uh, "You in uh, you enjoy your tour. I'm uh, I'm going to find a drink and uh, have a little wander. You know." Okay, so that is Ash and Nia going on the tour, right? I think so. Yeah. I want to see the place. Yeah. <laughs> with Ash stopping every like second to get yeah, some food. Definitely. <laughs> and does Ivar go to get a drink? Yeah. I think he's just gonna head in the direction of if there's a bar or whether it's just people serving drinks and just be a uh, case in the joint. There's probably one of those wine glass fountains. But it's just like a tower, like a pyramid of wine glasses that people are kind of serving and taking drinks from. And I think as you pick up your glass, two hands reach out from either side of you and branch and fleece take theirs. Cheers. (sighs) Cheers. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the tour... Venel leads you through this building. Currently, I imagine mainly staying to these middle two floors, telling you both about stuff that they've worked on, as well as pointing different architectural features out, and there are a lot of them. <laughs> I'm not going to go into details about like how this is being presented too much, but I'd love to get an idea of like what you're aiming for. Um, I'm basically waiting until... I've got an idea how to get up to the next floor. And then once we're out of sight of that, try and break away and head up there. So make an excuse, get away from the from the tour, and go exploring, basically. Okay. And Nia? I think mostly keeping Venel busy. 
at the moment, I'm kind of seeing this as Nia does lots of socializing and being normal at a party, just trying to keep everything smoothed over and hoping that the rest of them have this. Yeah, and I imagine some of it is near getting a sense of what these two floors are like, or like the people here are like, in case they need it later on. Yeah. Okay, so I think Venel shows you a little bit around this lobby first, and then they lead you to the third floor, up this double set of stairs. And I think as you go here, the place that they lead you is, if you continue across that landing, there's a set of double doors that are I think at the minute, like, slightly ajar. And inside there is the main dance floor. And Venom was like, okay, we're not meant to be in here yet. And that's very clear because people are still setting up. But I just wanted to show you. Look at that ceiling. And Venom is pointing up at the ceiling and trying to get your attention to it. I'm, uh, Ash is just frantically passing his pockets and going, I, um, I'm... I'm going to go get some more of those pastries. Uh, do, do we three of you want some? No, thank you. Venel isn't paying attention to you at all, but is definitely paying attention to Nia. <laughs> okay. Uh, see, bye. Enjoy the ceiling, um, I think. <laughs> and yes, the ceiling was painted by Kalada, Nim. No, no, they, they weren't a Nim at the point they were painting it. That was posthumous that they got that title. And yeah, they... Just keep going on. How high is the ceiling? How high do you want it to be? Do you want this to be high or low? Uh, Very high, because I'd like to float up there with Venel and have Venel continue to tell me all of the things about the ceiling. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah. So obviously this is on the third floor, but I think what this is, is there is an extension at the back of the house that is primarily there to give enough room so this huge ceiling can be built. And it's maybe in the shape of a dome. And yeah, are you floating up there with them? Yes. Venel, uh, Venel, can we take a closer look? I'd love to see the details. Um, I don't think we're allowed the ladders out when uh, guests are over, unfortunately. But We don't need them. And then I'd like Nia to float a little bit. Come on. Can you float with an extra person? Ah, that was a question I wanted to ask. Like, I, I don't know in times of stress. Yeah, maybe this is just a fortune roll. Because I don't, I don't think you're trying to achieve anything here. Not I don't really. want this to be a thing that costs you stress. But I think it's useful to establish what the limits of this ability are. Yeah. I mean, I imagine some of the some of the outfits Neo wears way about the same as another person anyway. <laughs> this outfit, no. Maybe. But the other yeah. ones, the coral outfit, 100%. <laughs> I guess uh, we could just make this a sway roll, which could just represent both whether you can do this, but also whether you continue to impress Venel, because that might be a useful thing to have in your back pocket. Cool. There we go. It's a four and a six. Sure. I think Venel is slight enough that you can lift them. And you go closer to the ceiling and Venel continues describing different parts. And it's like, oh, 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 and over there. Can can you take me over there? 
and points towards a pillar that is in the centre of the room. I think you definitely get a couple of glances from below you from the staff that are just desperately trying to get this room set up in time and didn't want a couple of like mid-twenties former students just getting in the way. But yeah, I think we cut back to Ash. So Ash, where are you going? What are you doing? Um, trying to head up to the fourth floor, which I, I think you said was where like the offices and stuff were. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so looking for some stairs and having a bit of a wander and pretending and sort of looking like I'm meant to be there as much as possible. So I think this is probably some kind of role to see whether you can. It's maybe not to see whether you can find the stairs, but whether whether anything happens on that way. What would you like to roll for this? I'm not going to be sneaking around, hiding behind waist-high walls or anything. Um, so maybe just a study? Oh no, what's the other one? Survey. It's sort of general awareness, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, just staying aware of where everybody is around me and going where they're not, I guess. Okay, that makes sense. So you've got a one in survey. Do you want to push yourself or is anyone helping or anything? No, I'm, I'm just going to chuck the one, I think. Hey, I've got a six as well. This is all going to come crashing down very soon, isn't it? <laughs> so on a six, you do it. So I think you spend a little bit of time wandering around this floor, trying to find the next set of stairs. And I don't think anything about this place is subtle. I think because you've rolled a six, let's give you some information about this floor generally. There is the large sort of ballroom entertaining space that Neo went into in front of you. I think there are then, if you loop back around the sides of the stairs, on either side are a collection of, seems to be like a collection of just different kinds of entertaining rooms. Maybe one has some musical instruments in it. Uh, another one seems to be, just have like a load of sofas and a warm fire, almost like a snug study sort of space. There's maybe a library as well. And then on the other side of that, there seems to be another set of stairs going up. And this is probably on the side of the building that has that central column out, and I imagine the stairs just kind of tuck back alongside that and go upwards. Perfect. Yeah, just start looking at rooms that might back onto it, I guess. Yeah, I think you head upstairs and there's like a large central area where the stairs lead to, and then leading off from there are just a series of rooms. And I think it's pretty obvious which end of the building you're looking for, and I think to make that even more obvious, the door leading into it is the like grandest, most ornate one here. And you open the door, and it seems to be some sort of a suite. So you walk in, and the main space you walk into has like an office space, and going off to one side is a bedroom, and going off to the other seems to be some kind of bathroom. It's like a big, wide open suite. There's no obvious space looking round where you could get to this sort of void in the architecture. But you're sure if anywhere leads to it on this floor, it's in here. Awesome. So, Ivar, what are you doing? I imagine that Ivar is just kind of wandering around, trying to find this central pillar that we were told about. Yeah. Are you going for the same strategy as Ash of trying to find the bedroom? Or are you finding possible other ways in? 
I'm going to have a peep to see if there's another way in. And how are you going about that? Where are you searching? What floor are we on at the moment? You're on the second. And is Ash headed up to the fourth? Yeah. Okay, maybe I'll just head up to the third floor for now and just see if there's, you know, like a hatch or something into the pillar. I don't know. I kind of, in my head, maybe I've imagined it kind of like a dumb waiter or something. I think you spend a little bit of time looking around where this space should be, and there's just nothing there. There are rooms either side of it, but it's almost as if there's just a void. Like maybe the music room is on one side of it and there's just you can clearly see the shape cut out but you can't find any other form of hatch or anything i think as you're doing this as you're wandering around this floor searching trying to see if there is any other way in branch and fleece are getting more and more bored i think maybe branch has picked up a violin that is in this room and has started playing it with their sword cane And I think Fleece, at the same time, has picked up a metal stick from one of the instruments and is clattering on their glass. This music is like a strange cacophony. It's not good in any way. Ivar, can you you play the cello? Branch, Fleece, for fuck's sake, come on. We can't be doing that. Fleece drops the wine glass, almost absentmindedly. And then looks in and goes like, ah, they've got they've got so many of those. And then like half skips across the room and slides on top of the large piano that dominates this space. And it's like, would you play a song for me, lad? Look, lads, if you aren't gonna be helpful, fuck off back to the party, alright? I think at this point a couple of people walk in. They aren't guests they seem to be servants they are wearing what you've noticed is the livery of the house and they look at you and go is everything all right oh i tell you what i'm glad you uh these musicians are bloody terrible (laughs) i'm sorry but none of the guests are allowed to be in this space or this floor at the moment could we kindly ask the three of you to go downstairs I know that you are not the musicians. We have the maestro Dana Galen playing tonight. And you two are are certainly not Dana Galen. Now could you please go downstairs? There'll be plenty of time to enjoy yourselves in the music room later. Very well. Ivor starts to wander towards the door. I think as Branch is walking past the column that the empty space that you're investigating they just kind of knock on it and then like turn to the servant and go could you explain this please and fleece is like yes it doesn't make any sense we've been all around and around and around and there's nothing that leads to this what does ivar do there is a look of alarm on the servant's face Uh... you see a lad here was very curious. Our lad is an architect. Well, uh, I, I, I designed many buildings back in uh, Gallants, you know, and uh, it's very interesting to see buildings as old as these. Uh, you know, and I just couldn't work out why, why would you waste so much space in the middle of a building? Oh, you're an architect. 
sorry, I I didn't realise that's why you're interested. What school did you study with? Uh, well, uh, you know, in in Gallants, it's not uh, it's not the same as uh, the big city, uh, but uh, it was the uh, school of important buildings. <laughs> <For sake. laughs> I think we get this lovely image of Branch and Fleece both just their heads just sinking into their hands. I mean, is there actually a school of important buildings in Gallants? I don't know. Does it matter? <laughs> I, I think this is going to have to be a roll. <laughs> what am I rolling? I mean, that's your choice, but... I, I mean, this is definitely an attempt at a sway. Yeah. Because I'm so... He's so much out of his comfort zone. Like, even being put in this situation is the worst thing. And... Knowing that Ivar has nothing in sway is feels right. So yeah. <laughs> time to ruin all these sixes. Do you want to push yourself or have a devil's bargain or anything like that? Or are you just going to roll? I'd be intrigued to hear what the devil's bargain might be. I think the devil's bargain here is that this servant isn't just a servant. They are a member of the minister's troops. Like a plain clothes officer making sure the party there aren't any disturbances at the party. We're 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 going for the devil's bargain, pals. Plain clothes officer is the nice sort of escalation that we need at this moment. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, it's up to you. So you get one dice, unless you want to push yourself as well. Are we still controlled? We're still controlled. Hey, it's not bad. It's a four. It could be a lot worse. Okay, so on a four, you hesitate. Withdraw and try a different approach. Well, let's do it with a minor consequence. A minor complication occurs, you have reduced effect, you suffer lesser harm, or you end up in a risky position. So do you want to withdraw and try something else, or do you want to do you want to do it? Do it with a consequence seems more up this street. Okay. <laughs> I think the guard masquerading as a servant looks at you and goes, That's the worst lie I've ever heard. I think they've they've almost like broken character a little bit. They're they're not presenting as like a servant anymore. They raise themselves to full height. They have like moved their shoulders back, and I think they start to draw a club from their belt. Bloody hell! Now, are you going to tell me who the hell you are and what you're doing here? And I think as he steps forward to start to intimidate you. Fleece sweeps forward faster than you can react and has clubbed the guard around the side of his head. And the guard just collapses to the floor. Oh, oh, shit. Uh, get the other one. <laughs> okay, how, how are you getting the other one? And, and I guess there's an option here. If you're instructing a group of people, so I think Fleece and Branch here count as a cohort... You can use either your command or their tier to instruct them to do something as well, if that makes more sense. That sounds like what you're doing, maybe? Yeah, I think it's a branch, get the other one sort of thing. Uh, what position are we in? Uh, this is risky standard. That's a three. Okay. Things go badly. You suffer harm, a complication occurs, you end up in a desperate position, or you lose this opportunity. 
I think what happens here is Branch steps forward and with a flick of their wrist, they whip out their sword cane and it ends up in this guard's neck. Oh, for fuck's sake. I think as the sword leaves this guard's neck and the guard slumps and staggers backwards, there is a scream from across the other side of the balcony. Okay, so Ash, you are in the... It's almost like a hotel suite. The room you're in now is almost like an office space with sofas and maybe there's a little piano in here. Then to one side, there seems to be a bedroom and on the other side, there is a bathroom. And I imagine it has like an inbuilt sort of bath, like a Roman bath situation. So as he kind of pushes the door shut behind him, Ash just sort of looks around the room, rolls his shoulders, kind of shakes his hands out a bit, and then just starts looking around at ornaments and candlesticks and bookshelves and stuff, looking for ways, like secret entrance triggers, looking for all of the most kind of dramatic and fanciful ways that you could use to open up a secret door, because that's almost certainly how this setup's going to be. Okay. This sounds like a role of some kind, unless you've got anything else that will help you here. Uh, I think I think I want to get this done quick, so I think I would like to push myself on this one. Okay. And what are you rolling? It's probably going to be another another survey, isn't it? Yeah, it sounds like it. Okie doke. And this is a... I guess it's a controlled standard still. I don't think the situation has deteriorated for you yet. I don't think we've heard the screen yet. <laughs> Oh, awesome. Oh, that's another six. Bloody hell. What a roll. <laughs> Can you uh, stop showing me up? I mean, I'm I'm not the, the one doing a murder here. You're showing yourself up pretty I well. I am not doing the murder. <laughs> you, you were very much an accessory. <laughs> I said get him, not get him. <laughs> so I think what you find is perhaps behind a bookcase in the main office space or like the central room is a door only four foot high and it is made out of bismuth with studs all around the the outsides and unlike the just the rest of the house i guess it is entirely unornate there's no decoration here it is just a sheet of bismuth serving as a door is there a handle or like a um a lock or anything? Yeah, I think there is a handle on the lock. Ash just kind of moves the moves the, the bookcase out, out of the way enough and sort of steps back and sort of whistles quietly to himself. Like this is this is an impressive setup. And realizes that he's not gonna be able to take any shortcuts into here because of all the bismuth. So pulls out a lock pick and sets to work. Okay. So you've got fine lockpicks, that's going to increase your effect. Just make sure to mark that off on your item sheet. Mm-hmm. And you're at controlled great. What would you like Ooh. to roll? Uh, I think there's going to be a finesse for lockpicks. Yeah. That makes sense. Is that one dice? I've only got one dice. I'm wondering if I should push myself for this one. Nah, let's just see what happens. Okay. <laughs> there might be, might be able to get a key somehow if, if I screw it up. And I screwed it up. <laughs> That's a three. 
So that means you falter. So you can either press on by seizing a risky opportunity, or you can withdraw and try a different approach. I think what this is, is you start to hear footsteps coming from further down the hall. So it's up to you whether you want to push yourself here to try and get this lock open quick enough to get in, or whether you want to to, to get out of the way and hide. What's the devil's bargain look like here for, for, for trying to pick this lock in time before people show up? I mean, I think the obvious one is you can get in, but you're not going to have the time to conceal your exit. Yeah, why not? That sounds fun. <laughs> I'll take that. Okay. So I guess you two dice, and I guess this is a finesse again. Uh, am I still at uh, great? Yeah, you're still at great. Two fives. Okay, so on a risky, you do it, but as a consequence, you suffer harm, a complication occurs, you have reduced effect, or you end up in a desperate position. So I think what happens here is you get this door open, and before anyone can get into the room, and you know, without looking behind you to see who the footsteps are, you rush into this space. I think it is a dark stairway that just seems to plunge down all the way down the building. It's probably like circular, it's probably very thin stairs. I don't think this central column is a very big space. And I think unlike the rest of the house, it's freezing cold in here and smells like damp. Is it lit at all? Uh, I don't think so, no. Okay, Uh, I'm going to pull on my dark side goggles and just start jogging down the stairs as quietly as possible. As you run to the bottom, you hear... Someone mutter something behind you, and you hear another foot set of footsteps following you, pacing down almost as fast. So let's cut back to Nia, who I think is with Venel at the moment. Say, you hear a scream coming from just outside the dance room. Oh no! <laughs> what do you do? I think Venel's like, "What was that?" I don't know. Um, how how do things work here? Do we try and stay out of the way, or, like, what would, what do you normally do? Are you asking Venel this? Yes, because Nia does not want to go towards the scream, because, of course, it's probably one of Sarah's friends. Okay. Well, what is Nia doing in this moment? I'd say staying out of the way, or that, say going to see what is happening? Because the other question is, like, what does Nia want to get out of this situation overall? Um... Maybe what Nia wants is not bringing, say, university friends into the maybe, but having them be more sympathetic. Okay. And this is kind of a test. This is the first score where Nia's had one of their university friends be somewhat part of it, but it's a little unsure how it's going to go. Okay. And what are Say trying to do with that at the minute? I'm torn between trying to go and take a look or trying to say, like, while there's this, like, I'm sure someone's just being dramatic, you, um, and try and see about going and seeing that weird column Venel mentioned in the letter. Yeah, I, I guess, I think as far as Nia knows in this moment, both of those things are in the same direction. The screaming is coming from very close to the doors you came in through. And you know you'd have to pass that to get out. But it could be that Venel knows another way around the house as well. 
I think Nia is going to try and shift the focus and see if Say can convince Svenel to show some the weird column and ask if there is a way a, away from the screaming because that sounds unpleasant. That makes sense. I think Vanel looks at you and nods and goes, the col- oh, the, the, the void, col- yes, yes, follow me, there's another way this way. And, like, opens a door into what is obviously, like, some servants' tunnels. Okay, I think it's this way, and then we, and Venel leads you upstairs, away from the screaming and away from the trouble that Ivar has got himself into. Speaking of Ivar, <laughs> Branch has killed this guard, and then there's some screaming. I think the screaming is coming from outside of this room. There's this big balcony with a double set of stairs in the middle of it, and it's almost the other side of that balcony. I think there's still very few people up here. It's not necessarily immediately apparent whether people downstairs would have heard, but I think anyone on this floor would have probably heard it. And I think there's a man stood on the other side of the balcony, probably clutching the rail with both hands, and it's him that's screaming. He appears to be one of the guests, by the way he's dressed. And he is staring straight at Branch and Fleece and you. I think Ivar runs up to the door and just shuts the door. (laughs) (laughs) The body of the guard is in the doorway. Do you drag it in or push it out? Uh, Drag it in. Okay. You close the door. When I said get him, I meant get him and hold him or... Cover their mouth. What the bloody hell do you do that for? Lad, you should have been more specific. What do you mean, more specific? Well, and Branch turns to Fleece. Get them. When you get someone, that means kill, right? And Fleece stares back and goes, yes, definitely kill. Kill. Get them is kill. And, and they start to go over like different euphemisms for like killing people and knocking people out and disarming people. Ivar's got his hand on his forehead and his like entire face is grimaced and is just Oh look, right. They're gonna be here any minute. Any way out. I think Branch smiles this big grin and says Well and they point at the column. How are you at getting through walls? Uh you got, uh, got anything heavy there? Do you have explosives or anything as part of your gear? Aren't you a ghost? I am a ghost. But I do have demolition tools. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Are you using your demolition tools? I was going to use my um, poltergeist move, which I take one drain to strongly interact with the physical world, but I can extend the reach and magnitude of my interaction by taking more drain. But I was thinking, do that, but holding the cello to smash through the wall. Yeah. Or something like that. Or even the piano. Oh, the piano. Oh my god. We're doing the piano. Okay. Um, But I'm gonna... If the piano's on wheels, I guess like a baby grand or something, I'm just gonna stand behind it and start like roadrunner running until I get <laughs> up to speed and then push it through the wall. Okay. So that's one drain to strongly interact. Let's say four drain 
to move this piano with enough force to break a hole into this wall. I'll take the extra drain. So that's five drain in total. Yeah, and go attune. That makes sense. Standard. So what makes this an attune and not a wreck? What does that look like? Do you know what? I think it's... Ivar sort of puts both his arms on the piano and then, like, extra set of arms comes from behind his back and just sort of reaches to the edges of the piano as he's about to heave this piano into the wall. Perfect. Yes. Uh, And then he does it. Make your roll. That's a five. So on a risky, you do it. So I think you manage to smash through this wall with this piano. I think this is maybe when we cut back to Ash as well. I think what this looks like is Ash is running down these stairs as fast as he can. Someone is running close behind him. The piano smashes through the wall as the person following Ash is coming downstairs. It kind of smashes through, creates a big hole, and then you see from inside a person stare at you. They are Silaset Nim Kalad, the minister that owns this house. And I think you are now in a desperate position. I think through the crack in the wall, which is big enough for you all to enter in, you can see Silaset. And Silaset is wearing a wide-brimmed, monochrome, feathered hat that is black and white. She is towering, and she has a pipe hanging out of her mouth. And as you come through the wall, she draws a spirit pistol and points it at you. Who the fuck are you? Bloody hell, the pedals on this thing really makes it go, doesn't it? (laughs) She shoots. Oh, no. Take the level two harm monochrome. I think it hits you in the chest and it almost ripples out from there like a pebble dropping into water. And for maybe a foot either way, like to to your shoulders, all of your colour leeches out. You can, of course, resist that if you want, or you can just take the harm. Um, I quite like it, actually, so I'm going to take it. But you could also use armour as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could. So if I use armour, what does it do? So maybe what this looks like is your armour, your clothes go monochrome, but maybe not you. Yeah, that seems fair. I mean, there was only a brown suit anyway, I could take that. Yeah. Maybe it's a little bit like, do you know when paper turns to ash in a fire and kind of like flakes and drifts off? It looks a little bit like that. Yeah, and I can imagine maybe the shock of it maybe changes some of it. Maybe now instead of the, the nice jacket I had on, it's it's um, Ivar's horrible duster. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, so you'll have to mark your armor as an item as well. Okay, yeah, I see it. And further downstairs, Ash, you hear a crash come from behind you, from maybe a floor up at this point. Oh, gosh. Do you keep running? Yep, absolutely. (laughs) Okay, you run deeper and deeper down these stairs. I think as you go down, it stops being wall, like the walls of a house, and becomes more and more like bismuthy. There are just jagged shards of it. Almost like stalagmites and 
tights, but in this, you know, the the rigid right angle curves of bismuth. And I haven't forgotten that you rolled a desperate right. I think, Ash, because you know this, you sense more and more that you are entering the cut. And I think at the bottom of the space, it kind of opens out into a chamber. And you sort of run down these stairs. And as you run down, you suddenly swing forward. And it's almost as if you do like a 180 flip and the gravity reverses. So you're walking on the floor of this big cavern that is upside down. I think Ash sort of tumbles for a couple of seconds and then gets him, like gets back to his feet a lot quicker than you'd expect, just because this is actually kind of normal to him. There is this big open space with countless tunnels leading out from it. On the ceiling of it, you can see that there seems to be some kind of weird shape. It's almost shadowed. You said you've got dark sight goggles on? Mm-hmm. What is your vision like with these on? Uh, I suspect it's... I, I can see further in the dark, but it's all black and white, maybe. Okay. Ooh, maybe a good one for Embrace specifically is maybe it uses some of like the flowers from the Festival of the First Light and the Fleshwood that uses some of Rodella's power to amplify any light in the space. That sounds very cool, yeah. So it's almost like the lenses glow a little bit orange. And they make you more visible, but also you get to be able to see. Amazing. Yep. So I think the shape would otherwise be in shadow, but what you can see is a large shape, almost like a millipede, on the ceiling. I think the rest of its body slakes off somewhere down one of these tunnels, and it has countless legs sort of tangled up around it. It seems like... There's maybe some sort of head of it up there, and it seems to be sleeping. It doesn't seem to be paying any attention to you or moving beyond sort of breathing or moving naturally. The legs are, I think, sort of like spider's legs rather than millipede legs, like big, arched, angled things. And I think as you're paying attention to that, what you don't notice is the next to you is a door. Just a regular old wooden door. And it opens, and you hear the creak of it, and the sound of a footstep as someone exits. Do you turn around? Can I try and hide? Um, no, because I think this is the this is still the consequence of your last roll. I think. Oh wow! Okay, cool, cool. I think this um, is the desperate situation you end up in. You could definitely resist it. Maybe that's how you could do it. No, this sounds fun. Okay. Yeah, I guess I guess Ash sort of slowly turns around and lifts the goggles and just sort of say, uh, uh, hi? I think from the light, a figure sort of comes into focus. What does Galena look like? Oh, f- <laughs> oh no. Oh no. And Galena is your rival and aunt, right? Yeah, I'm going to be so grounded. Um, okay. She's quite tall, quite stocky, um, with the sort of pink salamander-like uh, skin. She's got sort of very short, uh, short cropped hair, almost kind of shaved, shaved head. She, she's a, a nimovid, so she's quite uh, always quite well-dressed but in a practical manner uh, as part of the Umbra Provenders she's even though she's quite high up she tends to 
still get her hands dirty a bit. And I imagine right now her face looks surprised and will very soon be angry. Yeah, I think we see her move through those two emotions. Oh no. Ash, what are you doing here? Um, I got lost. I was... I was taking a shortcut, and I got lost. What what are you doing here? I told you to be careful and not play with this stuff. And she begins to draw a weapon from her belt. What are you doing? Um, I I um, uh, I'm I'm sorry. I'll 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 go. I just need to find a find a way out. Um, please don't tell Avery. And just sort of slowly backing off, trying to trying to find something to, to hide behind. I think she says, you don't get it, do you? I don't want you to tell anyone. And I think maybe this is when you start to piece together what is happening in this room. The creature you saw on the ceiling, there's maybe a chair opposite where the creature is nesting. And you realise that people have been talking to this. And something in your mind clicks. The thing above you, it can only be an envoy. Silaset Nim Kalad has been talking to an envoy. And you're not sure why Galena is here as well, but it can't be good. Oh, oh no. Uh, Ash is sort of backing up, looking looking around the room. Um, and as soon as he sort of his back hits a wall... He sort of reaches into into one of his pockets and pulls out a vial of the the sort of flammable liquid that he uses. Yep. Um, and he's going to chuck it on the ground between himself and Galena. And as the flames go up and hopefully distract uh, her attention, he's just going to leg it up the stairs. Okay. Make your roll. Um... So I think that's going to be Prowl just to sprint. Okay. Uh, yes, and you are in a desperate position, desperate. but I think it's... Goody. What was your cut that you've got? Oh, that was uh, cut ribs, so it's probably going to be less effect on this. Yes, I think this is going to be desperate limited. Awesome. You know what? This might be a good time to, to push myself, just to bump that effect up. Yeah, yeah. Because I think the difference between limited and standard would be you get away, but she is still very much on your tail versus you get some distance. Yeah, I'm going to do that then. Make your roll. It's a five. I'll take that. Okay, so on a five you do it, but there's a consequence. You suffer severe harm. A serious complication occurs. You have reduced effect. Damn it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I know what this is. I think you managed to get away. But I think you said you're throwing a fire potion. And your aim was to be on the floor. Mm-hmm. I think you throw it, and the weird gravity of this place... Oh, no. ...just sort of means it catches in the air, and as it spins and ignites, a lance of fire lashes out and catches Galena in the face. Oh, no. Yeah, that's do a complication. Do you want to resist this, or do you want to just run? Oh, no, I'm, I'm going. I'm absolutely going, yeah. Okay, you hear her scream behind you. Oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. Okay, so Nia. Yes. You are being led 
through this network of servants' tunnels. And I think it's very obvious as Venel is leading you around that they don't quite know where they're going. They're getting a little bit lost. You're not quite sure where you are. I, th- I think it must be this way. On the maps, it looked like it was this way. I mean, maybe ignore the map. Maybe just go where you think it should be. Okay, I'm just going to make a fortune roll and see where we end up. Okay. I think Venel lifts one finger into the air and then points. That's a two. Okay, I think you open out into a, a private office space. You probably come out of a bookcase, because I think the servants' tunnels are hidden throughout this house. It is large, there are bookcases lining all of the walls and painted tiles on the floor and one big desk that, despite its grandeur, is dwarfed by the rest of the room. The thing that you immediately notice is the cold in the room. There is a window open and the wind from outside is drifting through. And the reason that the window is open is that there are three Flint Street nappers, including Crick, in this room, and they are looting the place. Great. Crick looks up as you enter the room and is like, uh, uh, Nia! What's, what's going on? Uh, um, Are um, you using me as a smokescreen? No. Are you lying? Remember. (laughs) I think Crick takes a moment to steady themselves and say, okay, okay, yes, yes. I guess I was using you as a little bit of a distraction. Mm -hmm. I think at this, Venel just looks at you like frowning. How do you know? How do you know these criminals? Who are you, Nia? I momentarily forgot (laughs) that they were there. I think Crick is like, who are you calling criminals to Venel? And starts to half square up. Both of you stop it. Venel, I'll explain to you later. We're trying to help... You're trying to help these people rob this beautiful house? No, I don't know what these people are doing. They're robbing this house. Venel is flustered and angry. This is not a good night. Oh, it's going so well. <laughs> Such a pretty ceiling. I think uh, let's move Venel into the background a little bit. How is Nia feeling about Crick right now? Not good, No. Lying, especially after that whole thing about don't lie. Mm-hmm. I think Crick is like, Nia, 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 I, I wasn't lying. I We just had the idea after you'd left. You know how it is with the Jubilant Maybe. Every time you do a job, there's a fire or an explosion or someone gets killed. We just <laughs> thought we could use that. We, we were going to cut you in on it as well. Crick, were you? Or is that an idea you've had after the fact right now? It's definitely an idea that Crick has had after the fact. I I don't think that Crick is necessarily lying. I think he's still making stuff up. He's still improvising. How does Nia react? I mean, I'm tempted to storm off through the window. Just yell at them both, saying, Venal, you don't understand how anything works anywhere. And Crick, you're the worst. And just fly through the window. Are you just abandoning us? 
I'm having a really rough moment, okay? <laughs> I got shot. I just set fire to my aunt. It's a pretty it's a pretty rough moment. I got shot. <laughs> uh, I got shot in the chest. Uh, and things are a bit socially awkward for Nia. <laughs> I think Crick starts to follow after Nia, but I think they give themselves enough time to not be close to you. They almost want to dramatically shout after you rather than actually catch you up and have to face that conversation. That makes perfect sense. So you get like a couple of, Nia, Nia, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, please, please talk to me. Does Nia stop? Probably. If only to yell at them more. Crick sheepishly lands a few meters away from you. I'm sorry, genuinely. I I got carried away. I didn't really think things through. I We were going to do this job and we we're going to rob the place at the same time. And then after we sent you off, we got the idea that we could rob the place ourselves anyway. And I didn't really... I didn't really think what would happen if we met each other. I just thought we'd meet you after and we'd tell you about how we robbed the place. And That's that's a great story, Crick. But now one of my circle knows what's going on. I don't really know what happens. So you can meet my friends, but I can't meet yours. You can meet the maybe, but... You're saying I'm not good enough to meet your, your other friends. Just Just the maybes. Is that really where you're going with this now? I, I, I don't want to fight with you. I'm, I'm sorry. Please, can we just put this behind us? We'll see. Crick sort of smiles and sort of like walks backwards, glider in one hand. And is like, I will make it up to you. I, I promise I'll make it up to you. Just, just give me, just give me one more chance, one or two more chances and I'll make it up to you. One or two. <laughs> That's not how that phrase is supposed to go. Yeah, but I'm I'm being realistic. All right. Well, I, I appreciate you not lying, even if it's ridiculous. And yeah, I think I think we see him look around, realize where they are, and then just be like, "Oh shit, I need to run!" And then just full on runs towards the gate. Wow. This has not gone as planned. No, it has not. So, Ivar, you've just been shot. I think Silaset Nimkalad is stood opposite you. Pistol just fired. I think there's a moment where you are shot and everyone sees that it's hit your armour. And then, what do you do? I like to think that it's kind of knocked me back onto the floor. Okay. And um, in my mind... All I can imagine Ivar doing is being knocked to the floor, looking up and then trying to pull his pistols out of his pockets. Okay. And are you taking a shot back? Yeah, but more of a fuck off shot. Leave me alone. <laughs> okay, so this is almost trying to drive Silaset back. Yeah, back up the stairs. So I think this is still a desperate situation. Uh, what would you like to roll? Uh, hunt. I think because you've got the two likelihood lads with you, this, if you want it to be, can be a teamwork role or group role, group action. And we, you could also add their tier to your dice as well. So they would roll a d6. 
Are using your fine pair of pistols? Yes. So it will be a desperate great rolling your hunt. So that's 3d6. And then you'll also get to roll an additional d6 for branch and fleece. Fleece has a pistol. Branch is just throwing stuff from inside the room. So that's a six. So you do it. What does this look like? Are you just firing through the gap in the stairway? <laughs> I like to imagine that um, Ivar was flat on his back and he sat back up, bolt upright, and he's just pulled these pistols out of his coat. And um, his eyes are peeping up over the top of the piano and he's just firing sort of just in front of them so that they get forced okay. back up the stairs as, and move in with each shot to sort of get them to run away. Okay. Yeah, and I think Fleece is also firing and Branch is just throws a viola, throws a <laughs> wine glass. <laughs> Excellent. You know, and I don't think you're necessarily a better fighter than Silicet is, but I think there's a sense of Silicet being outnumbered and is slowly driven back. And I think you end up in this sort of almost standoff situation with Silicet where you've driven her up the stairs and you are trading shots, but no one's really hitting each other. Yeah. And I think it's at this moment that Ash runs up the stairs behind you. Bloody hell, Ash. Get out of there. We've got to go. We've got to go. Get out of here. Don't I fucking know it. Come on. (laughs) How are you getting out? I'm just going to dive through um, and just start legging it through the house. Let's go. Let's go. (laughs) Which way are you running? Uh, Out towards the garden. So down the stairs and through the entrance hall or out a window? Oh, windows are fun. Yeah, just going to kind of like lob a chair through a window. Okay. Uh, it's probably unnecessary. They're probably not locked, but I'm doing it anyway because, you know, if, if shit's getting broken, I'm going to go all out um, and basically just step up to the step up to the broken window, look down and just start climbing down. Okay. I think this sounds like a group action again with Ash leading it. And I think it's going to be Prowl. Or what, what would you like to roll? I think it sounds like a Prowl. Yeah, tell you what, why don't I um why don't I chuck down a rope? I can have climbing gear, so I'll just like as I'm as I'm running up to the thing, sort of uncoil a rope uh, and just basically chuck it, chuck it down okay. down the building. So you make your roll and then everyone else rolls as well. So if you want to add one for the likelihood lads and count it as the last one you roll. And then Ivar, are you following this? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I rolled a three. So I'm going to take one stress. Uh, I don't get any stress for myself because I got a crit. Okay. So on a crit, you do it with great effect. So I think this is you out of this estate. I think we get the shot of you all rushing down the rope. Maybe with Silicet appearing at the window in front of you. Maybe also with her second, who we didn't see. We, we see a ghost sort of appear alongside her and is also taking some shots. But I think before they're in position, before they can sight you, you are running across the courtyard of this estate. There seems to be some sort of disturbance that has drawn all of the guards away from the gate. I think you, you probably see... Crick run through the gate and all of the guards take after them. 
and yeah, you you managed to get out free and clear. Oof. Can I join them at this point? Yeah, yeah, of course. I figured I was kind of waiting for the loud exit of my my group because that's the only way that would happen. <laughs> yeah, you just hear everyone going past and like, okay, 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 I'm coming. So, uh, how was everyone's night? I I don't want to talk about it. It was complicated. Yeah, me too. I uh, don't think I'm cut out to be a musician, guys. Oh, that was so much fun. The best night I've had in ages. We should hang out with you more, Ivar. And I think Fleece puts an arm around Ivar's neck, realises that they can't, and like pulls sheepishly back. Oh yeah, ghost. I always forget that part. Oh, lads, will you just fuck off? Did you get what you came for? Yeah, did we? What happened? Yeah, it's um, it's a lot bigger than I think we were expecting. I think there was an envoy down there. I'm sorry, what? Are you sure? I think Celeste's been talking to an envoy. Yeah, and um, and my aunt's involved as well. I think you hear a pop from behind you as Branch pulls a cork from a stolen wine bottle. <laughs> With, with his teeth. Oh, I love them so much. And passes it to Ash. Um, Absolutely not. And Ivar uh, <laughs> swats it out of his hands. You're always ruining the fun. And Branch pulls out a second bottle and starts to drink it themselves. Right. None of that, Ash. Get home before anything else kicks off. Um, yeah, okay. See see you later. Are you safe to go home? I kind of set fire to my aunt. <laughs> oh. It was an accident. I, I think she was going to attack me. Uh, and I was just I was just trying to set fire to the floor and 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 everything was upside down. So it, the floor was the ceiling and um I think I set fire to her. Uh, um but you didn't you didn't kill her. I don't know. I just ran. Oh. Um, maybe you didn't. I, I don't know. I don't know where to go with that. Um, okay. Fleece steps forward with, like, a finger raised and says, Shall we take him back to his sisters? Yeah, I think that might be best. I think you'll be comfier there than you will sleep in my chair in the Jubilee. Yeah. Okay. Um... We're going to have to tell Ezra. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, yes. That's all right. I'll 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 take the flack for this one. So, yeah, I think you take Ash back to the Vile's house. And I think you pass on the information that you've gathered about Silaset Nimkalad and what she is doing beneath her estate. They seem shocked, but I think Brahal and your sisters can immediately see the use and value of it. I think it buys them enough time to keep Silaset off their backs, off the backs of this, this protest, this rent strike. And I think that means that you're going to get to mark one on the progress clock. 
Welcome to World of Evolution. Thank you.